All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the Bing Chillin' Podcast. The Bing Chillin' Podcast. I know that meme is like kind of dead, but, but I, I, I just think it's fun to say. You like know, real talk. When that meme was popping up, you know what? Every time John Cena's official TikTok would come up and he would like when that meme was really popping off, like once or twice, he'll post a video of like him eating an ice cream. He wouldn't say anything. The entire video, he doesn't say anything. Then the camera will go up. He'll look at him. And then, like, look away, and then the video would end. Or then the second like he's video, just leaning into it. He's like, oh, he, he's le- leaning into so it. That's so funny. But then, like, he'll, one time, he'll, he's ordering ice cream, and someone behind him is, like, recording. Of course, like, he's with John Cena. Yeah. He's recording. He gets the ice cream. He looks at the camera guy, <laughs> stares for, like, two seconds, then walks away, and then the video ends. That's so funny. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm so happy he's actually leaning into the video instead you of him getting know. offended by it. Yeah, and I think it's better that he doesn't try to replicate the original video. Like he's just like, yeah, like I don't know, like I don't know how really good funny. his Mandarin is, but like it's kind of funny that like, he's just like, you know what? And that's a, that's in. like an old video too. Oh, it's right? really old. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I think it's a couple years old. I think because like he, I think I don't. He's not as active in WWE anymore. But I think when he was, when they were doing stuff over there, they they were doing some ice cream promotion. I probably yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I would. What yeah, I, I think Bing Chilling literally means ice cream. I don't know the exact translation. I saw someone says, like, in those phrases, he was just talking about really good ice cream. That was the entire thing. He's like, I really like this ice cream. This is a really good ice cream from China. Yeah. I love this ice cream. That's really, that's yeah. what the translation was. So it was kind of funny. But, uh, um, 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 there was huge esports news. I don't know. Do you, do you know, you know the org, the, the, the guard? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, if many of you don't know, as of this recording, we're recording on a Thursday, the twenty third. Yesterday night, like yesterday at five p.m., it came out. The guard. They es- came out. No. <laughs> they came out, and then they said they essentially fired their entire staff. Their staff. So they're creative. Not the players. Their, their creative team, their talent team, and their social media guys. They fired everybody. And Any it reason? blew up. So. Or any known reason? They didn't officially come out the statement, but a lot of people were saying that because the uh, they're they're under like an owner who owns like the L.A. Rams and the like the yes. MLS team and in L.A. Yeah, so he's under them, and then like they weren't really making the money, or they weren't really like like the org itself was not really solidifying itself, like it wasn't sustaining itself. Yeah, it was essentially running on bomb. They're not like one of the big. Big, I mean, like, not saying they're not big, but it's like they're not one of like the the TSMs, the yeah, Cloud the Nines, C9, the Hundred Thieves, exactly. Exactly. Like they weren't like any they're kind of like not a tier two org because they're not a tier two, but like in the in the grand scheme of things, yes, they're a step down. Yeah. From like, well, so like it came out that everyone was like, all the people who were fired was like, yeah, as of today, I uh, I just got fired, laid off right there and then. Like they just fired him on the spot. Like oh, go. like they came into work thinking everything was fine, and then they chill. just got fired. So it like That's begs no the question: though. Is like how many orgs are actually on borrowed money? Because like Guard was really on borrowed money because they they're in the Overwatch League, and to get into the yeah. Overwatch League, you have to pay twenty million dollars to just be in the spot. Like to mm-hmm. be fair, like I'm not gonna lie to you guys, the esports scene in Overwatch is not good. It's, it's not, not. It's it's game dog- is dead. It's dog. It's already back to the player base of Overwatch One. Is it actually? Yeah, it's already back to the player base of Overwatch 1. Good. Like, how have you guys fucked up? Tw- like, the beginning of Overwatch 2, that was so much fun. Like, I don't know how you guys didn't ride on the hype. Like, I don't know how you guys didn't really, like, show 
Like, I, I don't think, know how you guys fucked up on the hype. I think it took too long for them to, like, continue to add stuff. I also, you know, like, personally, how I would have launched Overwatch 2. Because I know everything. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. But, like, launch the game and have a lot of content on Backlog or something. Yeah. And then when the game comes out, let it or like let people play it for a couple weeks. Player base starts going down. Drop some new content. People are gonna keep playing. Drop some new content. Continue the cycle. Like if they if they backlog some more stuff, cause like I don't know, like how I after playing Overwatch two, I really want to know how much like went into making the new game. Mm-hmm. You know, cause like. It's it's the same game. <laughs> yeah. The gameplay is different, not because the mechanics are different, but because there's um one tank and like they switch up the roles. So like I want to know what the resources really were going to because like they they weren't really made there yeah, there are new maps and a new game mode, but it's like there's not like a ton of new shit. It's not like they came out with a whole roster of new people. What? There were three, no, two new people on launch. And then the shitty thing is they made one of the, Kiriko, the one on launch, they made her in the battle pass. You have to buy yep. the battle pass to get her. No, well, it was like tier five without the battle pass. I'm you could sure... get her for free. I, I didn't buy the battle pass and I have her. Yeah, but it's just like. Kinda... You had to work for her. Yeah. Which, again, you could kind of do that in, like, what? A game like Valorant, you can kind of do... Like, you would have to, like, activate their contract, quote-unquote, and then you would buy it. But my understanding is is that... Okay, for League of Legends, right? To get a franchise spot, in League, at least, and, and the LCS, I don't know about other regions. For the LCS, it's a million dollars down, right? But you got to think about it. More than that. I th- I'm pretty sure... Sh- last time I checked, it was a million dollars. Just to get... It. Which, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that bad. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. You want to get your... It's a, a franchise spot. Your games are being aired. Like, you're being promoted. Like, it's it's good. Your org is going to make that. Yeah. And, like, the thing is, League of Legends, like, what they do is they have co-streams now. They have um, they have content creators behind it. They have the fans coming in. Like, they, they actually show that, hey, if you buy a spot, we're actually going to help you to make your money back. We're actually providing things to make your money back. Right? And it's an investment. It is a good investment. They're showing that it's a good investment, and they're not wrong. Like Valorant, look at that. Franchising, I'm pretty sure... I don't know the actual financials, so I'm not going to say, because I I don't know the exact financials. But, for example, Valorant, if you're in franchise spot, they're saying, hey, we are... This is... We're doing stuff, and look at the projects we're working on. We're giving you a franchise spot. You guys have to at least make this much or invest X amount of money. Mm-hmm. I would think it was like... If I'm not mistaken, it was like a quarter million. If I was last, that's nothing for these words. Yeah, that's nothing for a Valorant game. So that's that's pretty good, right? And Valorant <sighs> being a very big game right now, one of the biggest esports games right now. Very big game. So and that like <laughs> not not and that and I'm going back and that like, that shows like how the guard. Why would you sp- like you already borrowed money, but then you're going to the Overwatch League? I feel like if you have borrowed money, I think the Overwatch League is the last game you would want to <sighs> invest money in. Yeah. Why wouldn't you like? I don't know. I feel like you can. Uh, I feel if, like going into CS:GO in NA is better than going to fucking Overwatch because at least then you could like try to play in other circuits. Yeah, and I feel like the the income you have to pay is not that bad. So that's my understanding, and that's why I don't get with these orgs. Is like, in my opinion, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. 
like don't go into fucking Overwatch League as an investment. I'd rather you'd rather have a better chance of signing like four different fighting game players and making your money back then. Then I think Phase signing Snoop Dogg was a better move than uh, yes. going into Overwatch. I think you we can name we I think we can name a list like I don't know. Drake being an investor in a hundred thieves is a better move than being in the Overwatch. <laughs> Shit music, but you know, great, uh, good investment for clout. Be careful saying saying shit music. Oh, I know. Sorry, I I didn't insult Ice Spice. Apparently, if you insult Ice Spice, you get uh shit on it. Really? Yeah, you can't be insulting Ice Spice anymore. It sucks. No. Fuck, you're gone. <laughs> no, but like it's like there's investment. I think Steph Curry is like a minority investor in the uh, in TSM. Like it's like those kind of things. But it's like then it not goes, in Overwatch. Not in Overwatch. Just like uh, that's what I'm understanding. I think as of right now. Um, what has come out for the guard is they're actually th- I don't know if they're thinking about selling the Valorant team because at that point it's like they signed they kicked everyone out and they kept their actual esports. They team. kept the players. But... They kept the players in the esports team, but they kicked everybody else out. So that's why it's like understanding it's like what the fuck are you guys doing? Like how are you guys like so poorly managed to the point where you guys can't even um like sustain yourself yeah. or when you have like a lot of hype and you have a lot of backing and you guys still poorly managed it again we don't know exactly what's going on but it kind of looks bad because one i thought uh, like i saw a bunch of the tweets of the people that were kicked out one of them was like yeah they asked me to move a week uh, a week earlier to move to la to work with them and then now i'm fired so imagine you getting sent imagine you getting sent there a week earlier then you're like promise the job and then it's like oh, actually sorry <laughs> sorry buster you're kind of fired so like, I doubt they were paying for his housing, so yeah. now he's probably stuck with a lease or some shit. Yeah, imagine you're stuck with a lease. Like, hey, I'm in a, LA, in LA specifically, like no money. Yeah, so like it's kind of fuck. I like I kind of feel bad for every. I feel bad for everybody. It's like, imagine you're like, uh, how do I put this? Imagine you're like model, right? And Vogue is like, hey, uh, can you move to LA? Where you do a bunch of fashion shows? You get a great. We love what you're doing. You do two shows, and you're like, actually, we're gonna kick you out. And they ask you to move there with an apartment and everything. Yeah. So you gotta think about it like Shit's that. It's fucked. It's fucked. No, no. It's it fucked and and I kind of hate it. Like it kind of is. It's kind of scary to be in this fear now because we talk about this and we like the esports and we like watching it, but then we know like all all these players, all these people, it's it's not sustainable. Again, you can compare this to the real world. I know. Uh, well, right now tech is pretty bad. Apparently, all these major tech companies are just laying off tons and tons of people exactly i mean i know COVID had a big part of it because they masked a lot of tech companies like google apple spacex tesla like they all mass laid off people just because like one a lot of companies are like no we want you to come in person now and then a lot of people are mm-hmm. like they can't do that anymore because ever since COVID, remote work has been the wave for everybody for a lot of people especially in esports remote work is the wave and then now a lot of these companies are like, hey, we want you to come in person now. It's like, no, for I'm like three states away. I can't come in person just out of the blue. I already moved. And then like, there's a lot of pay coming in. There's like a lot of factors that come into it. And it's job security in esports now even looks worse than it already is. So yeah, I feel like it's just tough to really like invest yourself in esports unless you're like a content creator that's like making some some sort of income because like even if you make it as a player we've seen how quickly players get dropped so it's like 
You're not safe if you're even like a top 10 player. Like mm. you could just get dropped. You're not safe, I guess, if you're an employee for one of these orgs. You're not safe. Like, I guess, like, the only option is, like, freelance work, mm. but work with the esports orgs. But, yeah. like, if it's freelance work, you're not promised anything, so I guess you'll be looking for other work anyways. Well, yeah, yeah. and it's, like, for example, if you want to be a social media guy, an operational manager, like, an esports specifically, I, I think you should take a, like, not a reevaluation, but just, like, take a step back on what the options are, because even, like, the bigger orgs are like struggling like you see the guard everyone's like oh the guard like a huge org there's no way like how did this happen something like the guard could happen yeah and it's like i know everyone shits on eg but like let's be serious at least eg is still sustainable uh, for somewhat like everyone <laughs> yeah, always shits on real. eg for real though everyone shits on eg but like let's be serious they're the, they're, they're an org that has the least amount of controversy people <laughs> shit on them for their fan base but Let's be serious. Yeah. Their structure as an org is very, very good. For real, though. Shout out to EG. We shit on you a lot, but guys, you guys know how to maintain an org. I, I fuck with you on that. So it's like kind of sucks because now, now I, you know, of course, you know Moist Critical. Oh, yeah. So like he owns an esports called Moist Esports. And he says that he uses half of his Twitch subs. I think oh, last time I checked, it was half of his Twitch subs to support the Moist Esports. I know he has. I know Opera GX is a sponsor for them as well, but mm -hmm. he says like, yeah, um, I'm already wasting a lot of money, but I'm using half my Twitch uh, subs to support players. I'm right now losing money. And then Ludwig was like, yo, I'm a uh, now Ludwig is a part owner of it. Uh, so he's also contributing to, to it. Uh... And now I'm thinking is the wave is instead of having a millionaire or billionaire owners, would you rather have content creators as org owners? Yeah, I think that also comes down to like... If you work for a corporation, they don't know who you are. They don't really care who you are. It, like, for all intents and purposes, you're just a a number, I guess, in their system. Yeah. You know, like, you work for Apple. If you were, like, just hired or for, like, they don't care. They, like, they, they'll fire you. They don't, like, the higher-ups at Apple are never going to see you, you know? Mm. Whereas, like, these smaller orgs, like, Moist Esports, I don't know how many employees he has or whatever, but, like, I feel like it can't be that big to the point where he doesn't know all of his employees, or at least most of them. So, yeah. like, someone like that isn't going to be like, mm, sorry, you're out of here. Like, hand you a letter and say, have a nice day, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's just, like, in general, the problem with working for a corporation or, like, an organization, but... Yeah, I guess uh, I guess it's very comparable to like the regular workforce where generally speaking working in a small business is going to maybe be a little bit more uh you won't have to stress for your job as much, I guess, cuz A it'll be less competitive, B you you know everyone. People aren't going to just fire you for nothing. Yeah. Know? Unless and like Unless huge like budget cut happens, which happens anywhere, like sometimes it's unavoidable if like the company's actually going bankrupt or something, or like unless you fuck something up pretty bad. But yeah, I think with that is also like the reason I I praise Moisty Sports a lot is that because when a lot even like the for example when the ALGS when the world like their world champion the Apex world champion like the players came out and were like 
yeah, it was kind of weird seeing your owner DM you and text you supporting you and like really showing that he cares. And mm-hmm. it, it's like that because like more uh, like uh, Charlie or most, uh, most critical, he would watch party all of his team's matches, mm-hmm. like his fighting game from Guilty Gear to Smash to Apex. And now if they go to, if they buy Valorant, which is rumored to it. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, because now Ludwig is part of owner and Ludwig is really into Valorant. So mm-hmm. now Ludwig was like, I might want to, when he announced it, he made a video. He's like, the reason I chose Moist Critical and his esports org is because a lot of or- esports org, they use borrowed money. They use outside people that don't know what esports is and they use their money and their advice when they don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So he's like, Moist Esports is that org where it's run by a content creator who loves esports and has ran tournaments and who knows how the esports scene work. Yeah. So he's like, I want to be invested in that. And that's why I want to be part owner. And now seeing Ludwig and then seeing it just expand because the only two org, the only two teams that are not in VCT, uh, VCL, which is the tier two scene right now, mm-hmm. is a team called Turtle Troops and another one called Breakthrough. And it's, it's one of those, those two. Mm-hmm. So... You gotta, it's like, I feel like a content creators, and like, you know, this guy's toast. He made, yeah. he bought a, to, he bought a team. Yeah. He, he made a video. He's like, so I pay $5,000 a month for five players and six player about roughly the same place. So $5,000 across six players. He's almost uh, burning about, if you say quarter million dollars a year, just by Valorant team. And he says like, it's, he was like, it was kind of eye opening, like how esports org, they really don't make money. He's burning money. I'm. I know he's very successful, but it's just like. Well, yeah. It's like if you're just starting an esports. I mean, this goes for any small business. But if you're just starting an esports org, unless you have like people who are fucking stacked to the brim with fucking like viewership and stuff, you're. It's. It's. It'll take a while until you start getting going. Because not only you like say like the players, if you want to like make money off their content creation they have to be content creators a they have to be good content creators people have to want to watch them and then people aren't going to be excited to or like drawn to watch some of these people if they're not getting results in tournaments so not only is an investment like hey i gotta hope these people can like kind of sustain themselves but also i have to hope that we're good enough to get somewhere and be recognized as a reputable yeah org and and that's and that's what I was looking at. I'm like, and apparently, like it was like rumored in Twitter is like that the guard wasn't the only org that you're gonna see going through bankruptcy or you're gonna see mass layoff. And yeah. it's just like all those things. And then like I know like Nate Shaw apparently was getting shit because he was uh like he came out on Twitter. Then someone like some people got laid off on Hunter Thieves. A few people, and then one of them came out. I was like, yeah, he was super mean and all that. And it's like, I don't think Nate Shaw is that kind of guy, an owner who is would like just be shitty person he's not a reginald right yeah. he's not a reginald like uh, what what reggie. i all reggie <laughs> oh god that guy um with that like what i want to i do like the fact that i want to see orgs run more like content creator more run orgs like moist critical be good and if this guy's i don't know if this is just like a thing that he likes doing i don't know if he's actually going to expand onto disguised as an org but it's nice to see content creator content creator start orgs because it looks more human than a business. Esports as a whole, don't get me wrong, is a business. Everything's a business. Everything's a business. But at least it shows like more human. Like Moist Esports, it seems like 
all these players and all these, they love being part because Charlie is showing love to them. And I understand it's like some owners like, ah, I really don't like, I'm not really invested in this game, but you know, I'll just support them. Like, no, Charlie, every esports he's bought, he's been invested in. Like yeah. he loves watching it. Like he, he, like he's enjoying it. And it's like, we're definitely like 2023. Like I've noticed is going to be a huge year where you're going to see a lot of shifts and like a lot of growing pains. There's a lot of orgs like, uh, are just going to go through a shift. Like it, it, it's not where, where I think gaming as a point is that is now at a point where like, okay, we need to like start making money. We can't just burn through money again. Mm-hmm. And like, it's going to suck, but like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. But, Inevitable. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, another news I just, Happened to see before Twitter, Cloud Nine. This this is rumored. Big Cloud Nine. Apparently, this is rumored. They're not. They're in discussion still to replace Yay on the C9 Valorant roster. With no idea. They just said that that just tw- multiple reports came out saying it's rumored and it's still ongoing. But they're contemplate. They're seriously contemplating replacing uh re- removing Cena uh. Removing Yay out of the roster. Interesting. So that's like that news came out. I was like, "There's no way in fucking hell." Because I, th- I saw just one reporter, and I was like, "Nah, that can't be true." He's probably memeing. But then I saw other a, reporters. It's a couple people. Now it's more more reputable report. Like George came out, and he's like, "What I've known personally, what I'm hearing personally, is it's still ongoing and it's not official." Yeah. So now it's like, fuck, wait, what's going on? So yeah, even wonder... if a, even if a top three player like Ye, it might be replaced from a team. That's how scary that shit is. Because C nine got out in the lock in tournament, they got out in the second round. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, there wasn't like too bad of a performance, but now it's like, what the fuck is going on? Interesting that they drop Ye of all people too. Yeah, it's rumored like... again, but like, it's it's interesting because I'm like, what's like what happened in the lock in tournament the whole time where they're like. We need a roster change. It's like, I feel like at least let it be. I think, uh, I I mean, I feel like people shouldn't take the lock-in tournament too seriously. Lock-in is like the first like tournament of the like, year. It's like the of, first. Like, the, of the new circuit. Yeah, the new franchising circuit. Yeah. So, so like, like, that's what I'm saying. And I'm like, I, I don't see why you would want to like do that just because like, I feel like just give it a year. I feel like because like, it's the first time all five of these players are playing together. It's like, you I've I've thought about this in the past, and I mean, like, I know you can't fucking like regulate something like this because like a business can do whatever the, whatever the fuck they want to do, but like, I feel like you should have there should have to be like in it even like the riot rules that like you have to have like people on your roster for X amount of time. Yeah, like like contracted signed like. It like I feel like year long contracts should be good, or should be fine. But maybe you allow more people to sub on your team. So like you know how Valorant rosters are usually a six man roster mm-hmm. because you have a sub. Why not make it an eight man roster and you get three subs, so that like a if something is going poorly with your team, you could still swap people out. But like. I think it's kind of fucked up that like every I feel like every tournament whatever team is like in the bottom like couple rounds just is like I we need to start this shit over. It's like 
Yeah, especially you're not, you're, your players aren't going to grow. You're, they're not going to learn. I feel like, yeah. If that... you just kick them out, because then for the next tournament, that team just, you got to hope that they have the synergy, which like we've seen before it, in the old VCT circuit, where like, I don't know, any, like, any, literally any team that gets, any major organization that gets knocked out in the first couple rounds is like roster change. Except after like, I don't know. Like, I know a bunch of orgs would pick people up, like, a week, two weeks, at most, maybe three weeks, before this tournament started. And it's like, all right, we're going to force the synergy, and if it doesn't work, you're all fucking out of here. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> kind of scary, because then I'm looking at, like, you see, like, teams like PaperX and DRX. The whole of 2022, even though they didn't win a single thing, they stuck through as a team. They stuck through as an org. Yeah. And, like, they stuck as a glue. And then now you see them, like... I know Paper Rex lost in the first round. Yeah, I get that. But it's a single elimination. It's like single elimination tournaments. You don't really like care about. You don't really like look at it too It deep, can't like. be that serious if it's yeah. single. But like, it's the only reason I can think of why they would want to remove CA is something had to happen in the background where there was just a huge disagreement. Where like, yeah, maybe yeah, like a big blow up or something. Like, like it was a blow up. Like teams are just like, yo, like I, I cannot work with this guy anymore. Like this is like, no, this is not going well. Like I, like. That's what I'm seeing, and that's what I'm like looking at because we're going back to like the infamous Eccles and Baby Bay situation. Yeah. A bunch of thieves. They came in a month early, and then they just dropped them on the spot. Like just like oh, it like, didn't work out. And then they they came out and said like, they felt like they were backdoored. Like they were just like came out of nowhere where it says like mm-hmm. that. But it, it's like it's scary to be a pro. Like genuinely terrifying to be a pro because there is no security unless you are like someone like Tens or Asuna or like. Or like like somebody who is big, info as a content creator and as a player. Yeah, like I don't know. I feel like want. What's the reason why you would want to be a prof- like a professional Valorant player? Like, like realistically, I, like aside from maybe wanting to grow your own brand, what benefit is there to be? You get you could be-, be cut at any point. If you win, I guess you get some money. If you win. Yeah, or place high. Yeah, you know, you I mean, like, bit. yeah, you get some sort of salary or whatever, but it's like, if you do well in a tournament, you get extra money. But, like, if you don't win, then your head's on the fucking shopping block. So, like, what incentive is there to be a professional player? Yeah. Aside from better, like, growing your own brand. Because, like, half the reason why Tens is not cut and probably won't ever be cut from Sentinels is because he had such a brand or he did well when he was on cloud nine like he was just known for being the carry mm. and he built his his brand off of that because he was good and now he's got like a huge fan base he is the biggest it, like when you think of valor he is the face of valor exactly at this like people watch him he he plays well but like we we all know that sentinels like they're not the best team in in the league like, but he he plays well and he has lots of viewers. He brings a lot so of audience. He brings audience there, but like, there's no if if you're not someone like Tens or I don't know name Asuna. another Asuna. Like, if you're not someone like that, like, what? Why is an org gonna keep you if you don't win yeah. every tournament? It just feels like there's too much pressure and not enough stability and a lot of eyes looking at you. It just. It just doesn't feel right because, like, if you look at, like, traditional sports, like baseball, basketball, football, like, 
you might be benched or your time might get cut off, but you will never be fully kicked out of the team. Yeah, you'll be benched, but you're still on a contract and you're exactly. still making, I don't know. I mean, like, sports contracts are like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like but that, it's like, so it's like, yeah, even if you were fucking cut after a couple months, hypothetically, like, you'd probably be fine. But it's like... Like, if pe- people drop out of school, people drop out of work, people, like, dedicate their life to this, and then they like, they show their compassion about this. But if they have one bad performance, hey, yo, we need to cut them. It's like, people don't understand, like, these pros are a lot of, they're humans as well. Like, they don't understand. They People fuck up, people are humans. They're not robots that have yeah. fucking aim lock. Yeah, like, if, like even They some, have nerves. They have nerves. Like, <laughs> they can be worried. They can be nervous in a tournament. They yeah. can be like, oh, fuck, I'm going up against tens. Yeah, it's like you freak out. It's 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 scenarios where like people don't understand that, and it's like it just shows there's no benefit of being a pro. It like just doesn't show it. But again, we're ta- we're just going off of just one rumor that multiple reporters are going off. Well, yeah, this is one rumor with yay, but this is something that just happens though. It's not like yeah. this is the first time a major org has been or yeah. has a major player has been cut. Exactly, and it's just it's kind of scary because now it's like. All these young guys like I want to be a pro. I want to play. I was like, but no, you don't. Like you it, it, it literally you, showing that it, it does not benefit you. Like there's no real benefit it, to being a pro. It's like it's more worth your time rather than practicing your aim to edit videos. Yeah, you're like, making money. You're may, sustainable. Family. Edit videos and post content because like you could be the best player in the world, but nobody can be the best player every single day. Like it's just. It's impossible. Nobody, nobody can do that. Yeah. So like, and because of that, you're never going to be safe. Like we talked about this a while back, like how we said, like, why are pros streaming their games? One, you want to get extra money just because you want to grow your personal brand. And two, I remember when I, the first episode we started this podcast, I talked to Allie, like TSM uh, from, T- I know mm-hmm. she's in Sentinels now, mm-hmm. but she, when she was in TSM, I asked her, I'm like, do you like, do you just look at a pro for just being good or what do you look at them? And how she said it is, she what they look as a player. They look like what they, can they bring as to represent their org. Are they big enough socially? Are they good at the game, of course? And are they even coachable? Like, there's a lot of benefactors to coming f- to doing this, and it's kind of scary. Like, how there is it just essentially is there is you can't just be good. It's not like back then. You can't just be good and then you're uh, you can just start. You playing. have to be good and marketable. You have to be good, marketable. Like, there's a lot of factors to this. It's not, like, I know, like, I guess for, like, traditional sports, like, physical sports, really, the only criteria is you have to be good. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, I think it's probably much more difficult to, because you need much more, like, financial stability and stuff, generally, generally speaking, because you have to go to, like, college or whatever and be able to play for, like, a reputable college team. But, like... When you get signed in the NFL, they're not like, mm, this guy doesn't have enough followers on TikTok. They're yeah. like, damn, this guy fucking throws a ball really fucking good. Yeah. You know, like, wherein, I mean, I guess that's just a product of like how esports has birthed in pro- popularity because I don't think esports would be nearly as big as it is if pr- pros didn't stream and make also double as content creators because. Yeah. That's that's really what grows the esport, but um, like for us, like we don't have to be good at the game. We can talk about it. We can watch people talk about it, and like we can like 
talk about the game and the matches and all I that. I barely even play the game. <laughs> yeah, like we can just talk about that, but like that's the easy job. Like the like for pros, they have to practice for six to eight hours. They have to watch back their videos. They have to have training. They have to um, have team synergy. Talk about, get comfortable with the players that they're playing with. And then after all that, they got to go stream for five hours and then either edit their shit or have someone else or pay someone else to do it. Yeah. So there's a lot of factors going on pro, and it's like kind of scary that. Even even if you could be the best, like a top three player in the world, and you still might be might not be on the team. Nope. So it's kind of scary in that sense. And just esports as a whole, I feel like it's going through like major like renaissance kind of change. Uh, I think esports doesn't know where it wants to be. Is really what it is. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Because like they, I like low key. I feel like esports is kind of inflated like gassed up like they say there's all this money in esports that it's what two billion dollar industry or more than that but it's like yeah i understand every team can't have like all the money but it's if it's really a two billion dollar industry why is it so volatile right like it's oversaturated if it's not even it's oversaturated it's just that like I don't know. You, you could kind of think about it like, do I think the esports bubble is going to pop anytime soon? No, but it's like players are literally like stocks. It's like they'll go up and then if something happens or some news comes out, you're out. Like you just crash. Like there's nothing. It, and I say it doesn't know what it wants to be because, like, if it wants, I feel like if it wants to be taken super seriously as like a real thing, it needs to have some sort of stability. Because, like, I feel like also cutting players like this, it's also like you're not going to maintain consistent fan base because a lot of these people are only fans of your team because their con- their favorite content creator plays for your team, right? Like. If tens played for Cloud Nine still, everyone would be a Cloud Nine fan. But instead, they're all Sentinels fans. So like, is esports really continuing to be big because people like esports or because they like content creators? Or players, yeah. Because like I that yeah, like I said in earlier, it's it's gonna go through a change where people are gonna like now everyone realizes like no, there is not like there's not a lot of money as people say there is. Money, there is no like I all think this there money, is the money, but it's just like it's handled poorly. I think we don't have the esports market is so like they need to like they need a reality check. It's like, gassed okay. up. It's fucking gassed yeah, up. Yeah, it's 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 in a way it's in a form where like you can say like you why do you have to pay twenty million dollars to be in an Overwatch league wherein you can't like they're when not, Overwatch League is dead. Where the Overwatch League is dead. <laughs> like like Activision gotta think about it. Like, no, why we should not be making people play pay twenty million dollars. We're already making millions and millions of dollars over uh like cosmetics. Like you gotta understand like a lot of factors to it. And that's why like I you you gotta see like games like I don't know, CSGO. It's still thriving ten years later. Like the money like Third parties are like Valve did it. It's kind of smart how they did it, where they're letting like Blast, ESEL, uh, IEM, like they're letting them handle it. Like mm-hmm. the third parties help them also on top of them, so they're not burning all their manpower and their money. It's another a third party's handling it. They're yeah. just using their IP. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of smart. 
Because again, it's sustainable. Again, the tier two scene is a little awkward, but the tier one scene is thriving more than ever. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about it. Like the game, uh, esports is going to go through a change this year. You're going to see a massive amount of changes, changes that you guys would never think of it. Orgs going bankrupt that you never thought they were going to go bankrupt. It is not gonna, the guard is not going to be the first org to sh do this. You're going to see a bunch yeah. of orgs see, do this, and you're going to see, like, hey, esports is not a sustainable job unless you're a content creator. Simple. Unless you're a content creator or a, someone who has too, like, a lot of market in the... Uh, if you're a player that has a lot of market, you're not, you're not safe. Yeah. You're not safe. But, um, unless you're a player that people are like, begging to like, have on their team. It's not a thing. Like, even then, you'll still get cut. You might find a job, another job quicker. But, yeah. like, that doesn't mean you're safe. Yeah. Being a pro is not safe. Esports is going to go through a change. And it's, it's, a need, it's not a good change, but it's a needed change. That's the best way I can say it. It needs to, be ch it needs to change in order for esports to thrive even more and to actually have a healthy environment. Yeah. So... Again, this is not going to be like this is, this is not the first time you're going to see this, but uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's everything for today. Oh, yeah, alrighty. I love you guys. Thank you for listening, thank you for watching. Love you guys. Bye bye. -bye.